I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about a series that's available to you now through Charisma. Many of you have seen bits and pieces of maybe one of these books, The Deborah Anointing, The Esther Anointing, The Anna Anointing, and The Ruth Anointing, plus a free bonus all in the Solid Rock series. You're going to get all four anointing books by Michelle McLean Walters, plus a Charisma subscription and two Life in the Spirit devotionals for only $36. I want to say that part of it again. You're going to get all four of those anointing books by Michelle McLean Walters, plus you'll receive a Charisma subscription, a subscription to Charisma magazine, and then you'll get two Life in the Spirit devotionals for only $36. Now you can find this at charismamag.com backslash anoint, or you can just look right here down below this podcast in the show notes, and you'll see the link to charismamag.com backslash anoint. I know you'll love these books, and I know you'll love the free bonuses and a subscription to Charisma Magazine. Now let's get to the show. I think about how miraculous it is that in the death of my sister, we, God, we found new life, and we found life in Christ. And and that to me is, and it, it it just still amazes me that that he can take something so horrible and bring something good out of it, and he can bring life out of it. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and today I'd like to speak with Lisa Robertson. Lisa has just written the book, The Path of Life, Walking in the Loving Presence of God, from Emanate Books at Thomas Nelson. Lisa serves on the Virginia State Board of E3, that's Elevate Early Education. She was a founding board member of Alpha North America and is the founder of Changing Seasons, that's an outreach ministry encouraging and inspiring women. Uh, Lisa is married to Tim Robertson. And you may know him from uh, being at the Family Channel. Right now, he's CEO and founder of Bayshore Enterprises. And Lisa and Tim live in Virginia. They have five children and ten grandchildren. So, Lisa, I think you're kind of busy. My life is full. You're, you're right about that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could uh, carve out a little time for us here today on Charisma Connection. Now, this book, you talk about a very simple but striking verse in the Psalms that mentions the path of life. How did that verse uh, first come to you? The first time I noticed the verse was when Jim and I were married, and uh, a friend, a friend of his parents, gave us a wedding present, and the card in the present said, Congratulations, Lisa and Tim, Psalm 1611. And I didn't really know what Psalm 1611 said, so I looked it up, and I read that God will make known the path of life. In his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forever. And I was a new bride. I was living in Colorado, but as a bride, we were moving to Virginia, and I had this real sense of God unfolding a brand-new path for me, and that it was a path for my life, and I loved the promises of joy, happiness, not happiness, but joy, uh, and that he would show it to me, and that 
there would that I would be at his right hand, that I would be have pleasures forever at his right hand. It's really a beautiful verse for every Christian. And in your path of life, how did you first encounter the living God? This is a great story. Um, when I was uh, in, I guess it was my first year in college, and I had experienced, I ran into the church randomly, our church chapel at Sweetbriar College in Virginia, because something had happened that day, and I wanted to say thank you. And when I ran in, the chapel was dark. Um, there were other people in the chapel, a few other women in the chapel who were praying. And they were so surprised to see me, and I was scared and surprised to see them. Uh, but I started to go back and pray with them every night at 10 o'clock. So I left college and went home for the summer, and I had this emptiness that I wasn't um, experiencing God at all. I didn't know Jesus at the time. So I was in church, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, I want to believe in you. I want to know you. But I, if you don't do something for me right now, I just I don't know how. And so that was my prayer. And about two days later, our newspaper arrived at the end of the driveway, and there was a flyer in it that said, Jesus Rally Tonight at, at Cinderella City, which was the largest shopping center. And I, there was just something about it that I felt I wanted to go. And so I called the only Christian friend I had and asked her if she'd go with me, and we went. And so it was a Jesus Rally with a tent group called Christ is the Answer, and they presented the gospel message. And I was so in, intrigued by the power and the truth of what he was saying about having a relationship with Jesus that I, without even thinking about it, I went forward and had them pray for me, and I prayed to accept Christ. Hmm, that's wonderful. Now, as we think about the path of life and how it has developed in your life, it's sometimes easy and it's many times not easy. Could you tell us about some difficult circumstances you've encountered and how you walked through them in the presence of God? Well, it was really the the first, I mean, the, the biggest difficulty that we've had as a family, um, meaning with my, with my parents, was uh, I had a two-year-old sister who was killed um, by another child. And it was so alarming and, and so upsetting, and our whole family was thrown into a tailspin of grief and questions, and we didn't know the Lord at all. And I think part of the problem was my mother was so burdened with her grief and because she felt that she hadn't taken, taken care of the child. I felt like I had the same responsibility. We were all carrying these secret burdens of responsibility and grief and questions. And we continued to live our life. And I kind of just buried all of that. And my mother had some friends who started to pray for her and then eventually came to her and said, we've been praying for you and we want to invite you to Bible study. And so she went to a Bible study in, in a, at a little Episcopal church in Golden, Colorado, and uh, she she accepted Christ and discovered the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And she was given, I would say, a new lease on life because all of a sudden she knew that God was with her and that God would walk her through this terrible tragedy, you know, the valley of the shadow of death. He was still with her, and she was filled with hope and purpose. Mm, that's wonderful. I mean, when readers read that story, they'll be quite stunned by how it happened. But 
yeah. it, it's really wonderful to see that those people in the Bible study reached out to your mom and it had a good outcome in that sense. And, you know, it's I, I think of it when I think of the story, I think about how miraculous it is that in the death of my sister, we God, we found new life and we found life in Christ. And and that to me is and it it, it just still amazes me that that he can take something so horrible and bring something good out of it and he can bring life out of it. Amen. Well, how does joy play a role in good times as well as bad? Well, I think of joy is I, I think of to me joy is being in the presence of Jesus and knowing that he is with me on the path, that he walks with me on the path. And I, I think of that fullness of joy as, as almost a confidence that I'm not alone. And another aspect of it is that when I'm on the path, I have that confidence that on a path, somebody's always gone before you. There's always a destination to a path, and you're never alone on that path when you're walking with the Lord. And so that gives me joy, and that joy is my strength. But joy is not necessarily happiness. I think happiness is much more dependent on circumstances and events in your life, where joy is, to me, is more dependent on the knowledge that I am with the Lord, and He is with me, and we are in partnership to do whatever it is He's calling us to do. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of partnership, you and your husband have a partnership and you have five children together. And I noticed that you have two chapters on parenting. Uh, (laughs) One wouldn't do it, apparently. So I can understand that. How does parenting help unfold God's plan for the path of life for the moms and dads in our audience? Well, in in the chapters on parenting, I have one called getting started and one called letting go. And I, I think what I learned, the first thing I learned when my children were very little, I had one child that was particularly demanding and uncooperative and unruly, and I felt like the biggest failure. I'll never forget just lying in bed one night weeping because I felt that I was, had ruined my child. She was my second daughter. I had a brand-new baby, who, our son, who, and I felt like I'd already ruined him, and he was probably – three months old, and I thought, it's so unfair. I never gave him a chance, and I've already ruined him. But I had this moment of of just really feeling like feeling lost and helpless as a parent. And in the quietness of that moment, I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit came to me and assured me that he was with me and that he was going to partner with me. He was going to teach me how to be a parent. And I tended to want to be a military drill sergeant and demand things of my children. And I think God gave me this wisdom that I was to be their coach and put my arm around them and coach them where they needed to go and not demand that they go there on their own. I use an example in in the book about a, our daughter, one of our daughters, who we were punishing her for something she had done. She was 16. Neither one of us can remember what it was. But the punishment we came up with was that she could either be grounded for the rest of her life or that she had to try out for the field hockey team. And she was in 10th grade, and the field hockey team tryouts were known as Hell Week because they 
worked in the morning and they worked in the afternoon and um, day after day after day, and it was completely exhausted. And she decided that she would try out for the field hockey team, because, and she did. Um, but she didn't make the team. But she went to all the practices and did everything we asked her to do. And, and, but eventually she became, you know, her first year she was like the team encourager, and she eventually became a team captain. And I think that I loved that because I felt like we prayed about the discipline. God gave us a unique idea, and then it added to their life instead of taking something away from them. Well, each child is different, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With five, you have experienced that. (laughs) That is very, very true. Now, I have another child, who, Laura, our oldest, who was so quiet and sweet and perfect and I don't think I ever disciplined her ever and she never needed it and she's still quiet and sweet and perfect (laughs) (laughs) well some people thrive on change and others are more resistant to it and get comfortable in the routines of life where are you on that spectrum and how has Jesus walked with you through change in your life oh I don't like change but I also thrive on change because, you know, change is an important part of my life. Um, I, I love the verse in Ecclesiastes that says, to, every, to everything there's a season and a time and a purpose to everything under heaven. And he goes through and lists all the different changes that happen, you know, in our world. And I think change is, is wonderful because it's a natural part of life. We don't all stay as brand new babies. We change and become toddlers and preschoolers and teenagers, adults, grandparents, and we change all the way through life. And so everything changes. Um, I think the path of change is important because it. I think we need to be flexible and available to change and not too set in our own ways. Uh, we, had a, we had an interesting experience um, in our church. We're part of the Episcopal Church, and we had, as you know, several years ago, there was this what I would call a church quake, where the Episcopal Church was just thrown into complete disarray as a denomination, and lots of different people were separating um, from the denomination. And to our surprise, you know, we agreed with a lot of the reasons people were separating, but my husband and I, but particularly my husband, felt very called to stay with our church and to and to just trust the Lord while we while we navigate um, while we navigate the changes in our church our whole staff resigned so um, it was sort of like the inmates running the the jail because all the parishioners had to step up and lead the church to carry it through that season of change but the beautiful part of it was the that that change strengthened our parishioners we prayed together we listened to each other we depended on each other we needed each other so we shaped a different kind of of um fellowship because because of the terrible change that we were facing and little by little god walked us through that season and we have you know we have ended up with a dynamic evangelical Episcopal priest with a whole staff of, of people who know and love the Lord and and we are we are probably one of the largest churches in our diocese if not the largest church in our diocese and a very active parish but people 
are always surprised that we are in the Episcopal Church, and yet God has not left that denomination, and and it's wonderful to see him move um, in that space. Well, you certainly learned the value of lay leadership there, didn't you? Yes, <laughs> it was do or die. Well, well, the biggest question of all may be, how do we find and stay on the path of life that God has for us? And maybe that's what you were walking through as you decided whether or not to leave the Episcopal Church. Yes, that's what we were. It's a, that's really, a, that's a great tie in there. Um, I found that, I think Jesus's words that have meant so much to us are, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you. And I find that those three words that we are to ask the Lord and he'll show us that we are to continue to seek day by day and that we will find where he wants us to go and that we are to be persistent in our knocking and he will open the door. Do you have a favorite or a most meaningful aspect or story in this book you'd like to share? Well, I think... Let me think about that. I will say that one of the, I think probably in one of the chapter on um, the difficult path where I talk about how I have a beautiful daughter and she needed some dental work because she was born without two teeth. Went to a dentist um, who made some really serious mistakes in her, in her mouth and um, she lost all, she lost her six front teeth. And I had a really hard time with that because I was asking God and seeking him and I was knocking and none of the answers were coming the way I wanted them to do. I knew that I served a God of great miracles. I knew that he, that all of this dental failure didn't have to happen. It was unnecessary and and it infuriated me or frustrated me. And yet I just knew that God was asking me to to trust him. And I felt there was one time when we had ended up having to go to Atlanta for dental work because the dentist in Virginia Beach couldn't hand they were they told the best dentist in this region told me that he didn't know that he could give us the results we wanted and he recommended that we go to one of the top dentists in Atlanta so we did. And um and I think about I think about that journey and how unnecessary it was, and yet how much God was with us on it. And while I was in Atlanta questioning the Lord, I felt like the Lord, I, I wanted to say, think that the Lord said, can you trust me? But I knew that I was saying to me, can I trust the Lord? But what God was saying to me is, will you trust me? And I thought that there was a real moment for me that I had to make the decision to say yes. I will trust you with my daughter, with this unnecessary surgery expense journey, and I will trust you with this. And it was very freeing to me because I could see God's hand shape her life, shape her faith. Um, you know, we had a, ended up with a close relationship with the dentist. And but the most amazing part of it is that particular daughter is now her. It's Abby Robertson who one of the reporters on the 700 Club. She reports, she covers Capitol Hill for CBN News. And I, and I am in awe of how God restored her mouth 
to complete beauty, but he uses her mouth every single day for the kingdom of God. And we didn't know that it was going to be that important. And, and I am so grateful that I could trust the Lord. It was hard for me, but I learned to trust the Lord and just trust him because he's God. And I, that was my best option. Well, that was a wonderful story, and I I could see why you were frustrated with the dentist as I read that story. <laughs> oh, well, just just so you know, the dentist has, is being indicted in May for malpractice oh. by all these other people, <laughs> and he was considered to be the best dentist in our region, and hmm. you know, top education, just a top you know resume for dentistry, but he was he had an opioid addiction. Mm. And um, and he was prescribing all kinds of terrible medications to people, patients and non-patients. So there's a whole suit. We're not. We don't have anything to do. We're not in getting involved at all. We're just we're just laying low on it. But but any but anyway, it just we were in a terrible situation. And and but again, we were trusting God through the whole process. But we had to walk through this valley. And. And God was still with us, even in the valley. You have a wonderful testimony as a result, and your daughter does as well. So would you mind, as we close, praying for our listeners as they seek a closer walk with the Lord? Yes. I'm going to kneel by my bed as we pray. (laughs) That's Mm. my best place. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your work, your ministry, and your truth in our life. I thank you, God, that you have a path for each one of us, that you have prepared a path, a destination, a journey, and that you walk with us on our path. And Lord God, I pray that you would give every person listening the courage and the confidence to put their hand in yours and to say, yes, Lord, I want to walk with you and to trust you to lead them on this path and to trust you to be with them in every every circumstance, every situation, every trial, every joy that they experience. We thank you that you are God Almighty, that you know us better than anyone will know us. You love us more than anyone will ever love us. And Lord Jesus, that you have great things in store for us. We thank you for charisma. We thank you for Chris, this ministry, this outreach, and we pray for your great blessings on all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and we certainly appreciate that. Now, people may want to learn more about this book and about you, so I think we should send them to the Thomas Nelson website, which is thomasnelson.com. That's your publisher, and uh, it's from Emanate Books. The book, once again, is called The Path of Life, Walking in the Loving Presence of God, and that's a beautiful subtitle, too. Did you come up with that? No, they did. I was so pleased. <laughs> no, I no, they came up with that. And so that when I first saw the book with the cover on it, they had that on it. And I thought, I love this. So, Lisa, this book is going to look great on Christian bookstore shelves. It's It's really beautiful art here on the path of life, walking in the loving presence of God. So thanks for writing this book. I know it takes a lot mm. to write a book and uh, for living the life in advance so you could write the book. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chris, and I look forward to talking to you again. 
I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this chat on the book, The Path of Life, here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.